magical hour. A Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. And then you started, you started dancing with the chair, like you had a dance partner, and you were like dipping it and like spinning it and throwing it up in the air. Well, yeah, I just, I just remember, I think you know, just looking at Tom, be like, okay, well, this is your life now. Night has fallen once again on the Hill Country and on Austin, Texas, and on my IV wasted castle over on the east side behind the glowing peacock. And we are ready to bring you episode 175 of One Magical Hour, a Matthew Shaver podcast. Spectacular. I am correct about that number, am I not? That is correct. Woo! We're excited to be back after a bit of a summer break. We definitely missed you guys. We missed each other. We're really excited to get caught up on everything. I imagine that there will be a fair amount of minutiae in tonight's show. There might be some uh, news crews, some other things. Uh, some Matthew's promising yelling at clouds. So let's see what's ailing him once we talk to the pride of Tarzana, California, the Mozambique Mystiker, and the Montserrat Mistaker, Matthew Ramby. Hot town, summer in the city. Back of my podcast getting dirty and gritty. That's it for tonight. <laughs> That's it for tonight. Just a little grumpily uh, just delivered... CCR. It's just too hot that to is, even come that up is, with a parody. That is CCR, right? I don't. Is it not? Okay. I don't See, know. This, I don't think this, so. this podcast is going to be messed up. Yeah. Welcome to a very messed up episode 175. I want to. We celebrate the creative endeavors of those around us on this podcast. And uh, the other night. I had, I had taken the kids to the pool and Griffin was getting his bath and we heard him singing something in the shower uh-huh. and unprompted, he was in there singing chlorine, 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 don't you get up out my hair, something like that. He had taken Jolene. Doing a little was, song parody. Chlorine. Chlorine and um, man, I was so proud. <laughs> so proud. I wanted to mention it on the podcast. Chip off the old parody yeah. boy. Oh, poor bastard. His his joke, little joke of an apple has fallen off the parody tree. I mean, what kind of life is he going to have? 
you know, when his main skills are parodying. Song song parody does not go great on a resume. Uh, 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 Although once you're in the job and you do a little parody at like a meeting or something, then you're given the utmost respect. (laughs) That actually happened to me. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Like, um, yeah, it was that last job at OSM solutions and like with my team and, and uh, well, we were doing a, a menu. We did digital menu boards. We were doing a menu for, a um oh a casino kiosk a kiosk in a casino that was like a little cafe you know and had some hot drinks and some it had a bunch of like funny like tea names like like boba kind of names of tea like uh they had like a tarot root latte or something like that and uh i don't know i wrote a little a little ditty about casino kiosk uh-huh. it's about how like you've you've lost everything in the casino but who's there to pick you up a little casino kiosk and you get some just like uh tarot boba tea and you're gonna be okay it's like everything's gonna be okay and i i, I made the joke and then the next week in the meeting i had written a little ditty about <laughs> casino kiosk it was a country song and um this guy i was working with Zach, one of the smartest people I've probably ever worked with, like really sharp guy and was kind of, kind of my, you know, he was training me at the time and he, in in our next meeting together, he was like, Hey, I really, that was really awesome. What you did. Like <laughs> I have all these skills, but in no way could I write a song like that. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that's thanks, man. You know, so you never know what, dumb uh skill is gonna get you far and well or not far in life as evidenced by the podcast take you all the way to the children's folk rock championships in tarzana california in the same vein i wanted to knock something off the um the show sheet here that i our last episode was we talked to jason edlow right that was that was our last episode i think so yeah um i was asking him if he would uh join us from time to time as a like a a movie correspondent and his first thing I really enjoyed talking to that guy. I really like him a lot. Yeah. And his, yeah. his answer was so humble and self-effacing. And he was like, it was, it just hit what he said had me thinking about just a different point of view. He was like, well, I'm, I'm happy to come on if you can tell me what to say, because I'm great at following directions. <laughs> And then he went on to say, but what you guys are doing, you guys are so freeform. It's a similar compliment, right? Yeah. You know? Um, and so it's, it's good to look at yourself through somebody else's eyes. Well, I mean, I guess it always is, but it, but it's currently helping me feel like I'm making art with the podcast, a thing I'm struggling with. Nicholas swears it's art. Jason, you'd like some suggestions for possible topics the next time you come on the show one of them could be the movie hudson hawk with bruce willis and the other can be the movie ishtar with warren Beatty and dustin hoffman see that sounds like a an excellent segment just like (laughs) it's in that same vein as uh, joe versus the volcano adam and i were adam brought up the movie hudson hawk and i was like yeah that's an amazing movie it's much maligned and I was like, you know what else was much maligned and also amazing? Ishtar. It's like those two movies. Was Ishtar good? 
It was. And it was, especially, like, we're talking, like, are these movies good compared to how beat up they got by the by the critics, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. And it's like... I mean, Ishtar was is notoriously the most poorly rated movie of all time. Yeah. Just destroyed a, by the critics. Yeah. And it was a different time where there was no Rotten Tomato score. Yeah. There wasn't a bunch of people chiming in. There was just a few jabronis right. who thought they knew movies. Yeah. Not like uh, people like Adam and uh, Jason Edlin know movies. Right. So, something to explore. Yeah, Jason, okay. Next okay. time we talk. Okay. Um, I get the feeling he wants like a script, though. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't need to. Or right, maybe, maybe we can have like a do like one week we can talk to Adam about Hudson Hawk and then the next week talk to Jason about Ishtar. I, I, I think. See if we can get. I do think specifically he didn't want us to call him and ask him something out of the blue. <laughs> so, yeah, prompting might be good. Um, There's lots of things, lots of fun things we can do. So we haven't made a podcast. Thank you, Jason, since, for an, an helping us make an awesome show. Today it's July 25th. We haven't recorded since like June. Uh, well, this is kind of why I write the dates. June 27th. Wow, so one month off, almost a month. <laughs> I went Good to for us. I went to the beach in Florida. Uh, Perdido Key, like just right there by Alabama. Perdido means lost. I, uh, more uh, more on Florida later in uh-huh. my when I really get to griping, uh, but the beach was nice and and I, I gotta say, man, like uh, I get there and I get into the groove and I can see myself just being a beach bum. I can see myself just finding uh, a place near the beach where I can just be at the beach for a lot of my time. In my in my uh, older years, which are coming right up here, yeah. um, that was enjoyable. A lot of seafood, which I really, really love. Um, I I think that um, can I tell you how I really been feeling though? I I think that everybody wants to know. Not really, yeah, not yeah. really. But don't hold back. Um, I gotta say, lately I've just been like grumpy. Grumpy is the best way to put it, but maybe pissed off is okay. And uh, my wife said something to me when I mentioned that to her. She was like, she said my grandfather's name and my dad's name and said, isn't that what happened to them? They just gave in to the grumpy. <laughs> oh, my gosh, shit. So maybe it's, maybe it's uh, age-related. Age and hormone related, or yeah. um, anyway, just like I like actually things are going fine for me, and my you know most of most of my things are going like pretty darn good. My my job, my family, my friends, my my life here in Austin is not bad. I will say, I think that the 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 thing that's tipping the scale right now is the heat, and I've. Keep I, every summer I go into it saying I'm gonna have a good attitude about this heat this summer, but by the time August first is rolling around and I didn't really even get there, I'm I'm pissed off. I'm a little depressed. We're all everybody's stuck, spending too much time inside. This has been a challenging one though. Yeah, and 
it was it was a fake out because it was a wet spring, which sometimes portends a milder summer. Yeah. And then it was, and then it, there's this, but it's like a bigger story too on the news. And it's like, oh, it's this heat dome. Heat dome. And, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then the weather is just like the first thing on the fucking national news. I yeah. laughed really hard. Andrew on TVTL was talking to him. He was like, you know, if there's like a movie or a TV show that's like kind of apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic, like the way they'll start that show is there'll be like a lady doing dishes in her kitchen one morning or something. And she's just got the news running and the news will be like, and there's a tornado and there's a, you know, earthquake and there's a, you know, he's like, and that, and that's how they, that's how the director or the writer narratively tells you that everything's going to, he's like, our news sounds like that. It sounds like a fictional narrative telling us that everything's, Gone apocalyptic. Okay. 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 <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> uh, well, um, so I think that makes me feel a little better. Yeah. That perspective. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> maybe I am listening to too much news. and uh, But beyond that. I wonder also, I was going to suggest to you, I, you know, as we get older, routine becomes so important. And you've been, even if you're having fun doing vacations, getting out of the routine will just leave you kind of Yeah, there was like, there was like three weeks of like, there was the beach. Even if what you're doing is a lot of fun. It and then matter. there, right. And then there was Isabel's play, like the next weekend. Isabel starred, or starred. She had a pretty big role in. She treaded the boards. Treasure Island. Ooh. A black box production of Treasure Ooh. Island, which by the way, is this is, these are middle schoolers mostly in this production and it's a gory uh uh drunken like at one point um long john silver uh drowns somebody in a barrel of rum it's pretty um uh, it's it's pretty gory isabel was, Isab- like, isabel was a i know all about this from watching dad not chafing yeah totally <laughs> isabel was one of the pirates uh, George Badger, the malcontent, cool. which makes me think that the casting was spot on. <laughs> and um, that was fun. But, you know, my, my mom came to town, Amy's mom came to town, my sister came. It was like a whole weekend of that. And uh, and then actually this last weekend was uh, they do in this theater, summer theater camp program by AISD, totally free, amazing program. Isabel had a transcendent experience as i'm sure some of you theater camp kids can understand mm. uh they the the musical they do a black box and a musical and usually well, you know they kind of graduate up to the musical from the black box but they did at uh, mary poppins and i'm talking honest to god like a a Broadway production just done by kids oh wow. it, it's it's really at that level with the sets and the projection and the, I mean, it's amazing. Oh, and great. these kids, the ones in the lead roles, like they're going to NYU next year. Yeah. They're really great. And um, it was a lot of fun. I, I, you know, last year was the Adams family and it melted my face. And like, I, I said to myself last year, oh, we should get like a bunch of people to go. Mm-hmm. Ne- next summer, you, we got it. Yeah, remind me. We got a big I group to go to. Music music. Was one of my favorites. Oh, dude, it was so good. And I was like, it's a I, course, day, we know about theater people and 
I was having one of those like a little bit transcendent experiences in the theater, you know, when you lose yourself and you get so into the story and like some aspects of the stories about, uh, you know, George Banks loses, he's in, he's in threat of losing his a living, yeah. you know, and he's a dad and he's disconnected from his kids. That and like, hard, huh? Oh dude, there's all this <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, where's my Mary Poppins? <laughs> um, I, I'll be your Mary Poppins. You know what I really don't like though? I don't like the lady feeding the birds. I don't like the song Tuppence a Bag. I was just gonna say I love that. <laughs> That's song. your favorite part. It's a sad, wistful, wistful, melancholy. Song. I mean, I. But you know who I, does an awesome cover of that song? Alex Battles. Is that right? Feed the birds. Tuppence a bag. I don't dislike Tuppence. Tuppence a bag. I mean, it's it's heartbreaking. Okay, okay. But is tuppence a bag? Is is that like it just costs a little bit to feed the birds? Is that what she means? Yeah, well, that's just the price. Two pence or whatever it is. Oh, two, oh okay, yeah, yeah. Maybe I misunderstood. It's, uh, it, it's not that I dislike the song. It's that it's that, that character and that part of it seems a little... And then I was thinking, is, is Home Alone 2... Is the la- there's the old lady in the park um, in Home Alone too? Is she is she at least inspired by that? Um. Anyway, a lot going on in Mary Poppins. I wonder, like, yeah, I wonder what. Also, Mary Poppins is she like a witch? <laughs> I think there's. <laughs> is it witchcraft? There's something going on there, isn't there? But there's also there's also like the societal, uh, you know, the, the socioeconomics. Well, there's the, know, there's the socioeconomics of the whole thing. In Dungeons and Dragons, you can get a bag of holding where you can put a bunch of stuff in it. Maybe she she got it from a dungeon. She she raided a dungeon somewhere. That's quite possible. Maybe she's a maybe she's a Valkyrie. Sure, that reminds me. We got to get back to we got to do a D and D episode, but. Um, anyway, uh, yes, I have been out of sorts. Is Ben over in Europe now? Ben is in Europe. Yeah. He was uh, texting me from Amsterdam. And then when I got to him a few days later, he was in Frankfurt. And, uh, you know, I'm just so excited for him. Studying anthropomorphic pictures of human human animals. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's the uh, history of... Sequential art, the European history of he's doing research. So cool. It's pretty fantastic. Okay, so those are some things that pissing me off. I feel like this guy hasn't even been here. (laughs) It's interesting that you've been... I kind of have, like, you know... Like, I mean, I had had any tragedies, but it's just been, like... The summer seems to kind of be a hot summer with, like, kind of one thing after we had like you know staffing issues in the kitchen, which like that's nothing new, but um, just that'll put you in a bad mood. I mean, you know, we had a one of our really good employees had to quit because her son was sick, and like that really left us high and dry. And you you've been pissed off too? Is that what you're saying? No, I mean that's the thing is that like and yeah that and like you know that kind of been like working extra hard to catch up with some bills, which is always harder than you think it is, and. All this stuff, you know, in addition to it being 170 degrees. And I just, like, a few weeks ago, just kind of had this kind of bliss come over me. And I'm like, you know what? It's going to work itself out. You know, things are going to be okay. And I'm, oh. And I don't know, like, maybe that it could it probably helps them with getting a little more exercise. But also, like, that uh, 
that UT theater workshop reunion was amazing. You know, uh, reconnecting between like people in person and people on Zoom. There, I told you there are almost thirty percent of us there. You know, from thirty years ago. Maybe you should elucidate that. We uh, thirty years ago, a small group of Texas teenage theater students all met on the UT campus to put sh- put some shows on, kind of like what Isabel's doing this year, but. We were all between the ages of, say, 15 and 17. And uh, we stayed in the dormitories, in the Blanton dormitory. And it was six weeks long. So, like, that's long enough to, it's you know. It's very similar to what she's doing. Yeah, really, really close. You know, it was kind of, for a lot of us, it was our first time away from our parents for a long time. Woo! All the stuff that goes with that. But uh, it, was, it was so... Three years later, we decided we would try to get people together. Um, we went at Nicholas's house. Nicholas, uh, you know, lives with his husband over on the south side of town. Nicholas, our chronographer. Yeah, Nicholas, our archivist and yeah. chronographer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, a whole bunch of my friend Megan came to town. Scott Thompson, Mark Piquel, uh Allison. Last name I can't remember, and then we had a bunch of folks come uh, get on by a Zoom too. So between the people in person, the people on Zoom, there are about thirty percent of us, you know, after thirty years. Some of us hadn't seen each other since then. Wow! Uh, and uh, our friend Paul Logan, we're going to get Paul Logan on the show. I have two of Paul Logan's novels, but also his novelization of the movie Halloween. Oh! He wrote the screenplay for that most recent Halloween, the one where. Jamie Lee Curtis comes back. Okay. He wrote that screenplay. Okay. And uh, and uh, he also wrote the novel to go with it. So I've, I've got all those over there. So I figured you and I can kind of pass those back and forth, and then we'll get him on the show to talk oh, about Oh, I'm it. not reading Halloween. <laughs> you know how I am. Too scary. Horror. No, I don't <laughs> Halloween seems like one of those movies that I could probably... It's just like a slasher movie. Yeah. It's, think- it's the... Uh, it's the torture horror movies that I, oh, yeah. I, I no, avoid. I'm not into that. Like Cabin in the Woods. or. But anyway, all that. An, another fun thing, like, uh, hello to Megan and to anybody else who might be. Nicholas pushed the podcast really hard. Man, I hope them. some of those people start listening to the podcast. They um, might enjoy it. It's about theater. Interesting should, side note. You should tell people it's a theater podcast. Uh, Megan got at us. Uh, she... Has been she hasn't been going all the way back to the listening through, but she's kind of been cherry picking. Now, Megan's another episode, one of the another, attendees. Okay, yeah, she's now the city manager of Hills. She was the city manager of, of Waco, Texas. Oh, she graduated UT with a civil engineering degree. She was the city manager of Waco, Texas. She was Waco Magazine's Person of the Year a few years back. Okay, um, and then she went back to her hometown, Hillsboro, where she's from, and she's the city manager of Hillsboro now. Oh. I know Hillsboro, the outlet malls. Yeah, <laughs> I don't maybe I don't know. Yeah, they got them. <laughs> uh, which is, you know, really cool, you know, to go back to your hometown and, you know, try to make it better. Uh, right. I know a hometown that could use that. So she caught, I don't know which episode it was she caught, but she, she, Matthew, let me ask you this. You remember when we found ourselves in the age of the hunter gatherers? Yeah. What age are we in now? Didn't, didn't Nicholas 
determine that in one oh, of his emails? <laughs> I, well, I'll, I'll have to cross-reference it. <laughs> I've put them all on microfiche, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll ask the librarian if I can review them. Um, let's see. I don't want to. I don't want to be too like grandiose, like Iron Age. Yeah, something like that. We must be in the maybe bronze. Bronze, you know, bronze is like we're not quite in the Iron Age. Bronze is like not get, that hard to do. I could make bronze. When you talk about like the entire history of humans, the hunter gatherer age went on for a really it long was a time. Long before, time. Like, I think and now that you mention that, I think we're still hunting. We're still hunter gatherers. I think which is really the best, best time. Way. Yeah. Pretty much everything ever after that makes it all fakakta, which is yeah, why we got the heat. The, which is why we got the heat downhill, downhill ever since. Yeah, we it started. all leads to industrialization, and we know where that goes. Yeah, as soon as we started any climate kind of, collapse, any kind of domestication, everything started going to hell. But uh, she got at us. One of the episodes you were talking about. What if we're hunter gatherers? What is the buffalo jump of one magical art? Do you remember this comp? conversation no it was like what is the buffalo jump yeah fortunately i had oh oh, where you run the buffaloes off the cliff fortunately i had just re-listened to that episode otherwise i would have been really confused by her text because i don't know where she was like oh so the buffalo jump for one magical hour is definitely harper's weekly review and it's in a place where all of your stories can kind of you can kind of get all of your stories at once and so I, that inspired me. Thanks, Megan. I went and looked at Harper's weekly review. She's absolutely right. That is just good story after good story all lined up right in a row. Interesting. So we'll be. So nothing like the podcast. We will be checking in with Harper's uh, more. I hope Megan keeps listening. I'm stoked about that. I I hope so too. I think she will. Um, You know, it's funny because Nicholas. Um, she's very, but I say that, but she's still been finding time to listen to multiple episodes. Well, oftentimes so. busy people have time to listen to podcasts because they're like getting shit done. Yeah. And then they're making a list of a podcast. Um, it depends on what kind of busy. It really depends on like just your daily routine. Right. Right? Yeah. What, yeah. Um, Nicholas has encouraged me to go back and listen to some episodes. Yeah. With his like, High praise of them and his uh, translating and and seeing the deeper meaning of them in a way that like we're not imbuing it necessarily as we go along. I guess I'm trying to, but it's nice that somebody goes, "Oh, this." And so I listened to episode ninety because uh-huh. episode Nicholas was talking about eighty-seven, eighty-eight, and ninety, and I thought we sounded so good. <laughs> and um and I didn't really remember what we had talked about, you know, like I can definitely like it, that was two years ago in May uh, that we recorded this this episode, and I don't I don't remember what we were talking about that day. We talk about a lot of things. It's a lot of content. Um, so that's fun that uh, we are literally talking about our own podcasts. <laughs> okay. Nicholas also got at us about Young. Uh, I don't know what the context was. Young's Red Book. Yeah. Do you do you know much about? I don't. Carl Jung. No. Well, here's what I gathered a little bit about this thing. So Jung was like a student of Freud, right? And then they had a schism, 
And then Jung went into this period in his life where really sort of had a psychic break. Like, you know, things weren't going great and the world seemed upside down. And he started writing this tome and some of it was, was like paintings and drawings. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess there are some, there are some prints now, like the books to read, but for a long time, it was just a thing that he was compiling and no, no one could see it or read it. Uh It was this sort of mysterious thing. And let me just read this one quote that I, that I found about that biographers and critics have disagreed whether these years in Jung's life should be seen as a creative illness, a period of introspection a uh, psychotic break or simply madness, <laughs> which reminds me a lot of the podcast. I don't know. Simply um, madness. Oh, and I just wanted to, um, one madness of ours. Nicholas said that I was, no, Nicholas correctly identified that I was saying Baskin Robbins, I guess. <laughs> I no, like Nicholas, I know it's Baskin Robbins. It was just one of those things that you uh, uh, I, I think I actually responded to him about that. I probably would add an, an extra Baskin Robbins. Baskin that's and like Robbins. and that's like Whataburger, which I mentioned to him, and he was like, Well, that's how everybody says that. <laughs> I, I had an aunt, and I think her name I think her name was Chloe. Actually, but it but everybody in the family called her Chloe. <laughs> you know, so I thought her, her name was Aunt Chloe. Aunt Chloe, <laughs> yeah. but I think that's Chloe. So <laughs> people talk funny. Man, where's the robot? That really tickled me. Uh, thank you, Doctor Hall. Uh, he's gotten to us on a number of things. Uh, Doctor Hall has discovered the Austin subreddit, and that has yielded a bunch of. Both hilarious and complicated stories. What do you find on that? And happy stories. There was there was one lady who was complaining about, you know, it's this it's it's an old debate here about, you know, the paid part of Barton Springs versus the free part, also called the dog park, where you know you're allowed Barking Springs. Yeah, you're 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 allowed to kind of do whatever you want there. So people play their music loud, they let their dogs shit in the springs, and they <laughs> yeah. tend to leave trash there. Yeah. But also, it's the place where you don't have to pay a fee to get in. So it breaks on socio socioeconomic lines too. Yeah. Um, so it it can come off as you know some rich lady complaining about oh those people over there, but uh, she wanted to she wanted to it to not be that way, and she said, "Well, I realize I'm complaining about it. I should do something about it." She said, "I want to get some trash bags and some." plastic gloves and anybody wants to meet me down there uh i'm gonna go ahead and uh i'm gonna go ahead and do that i was working um i was pulling for it definitely um but i haven't heard i haven't heard how it all worked out uh but it was it was a good thing you know one of those things where you know somebody's belly aching online actually turned into a real life you know positive what i assume was positive i don't know maybe they all showed up and they all ended up getting into a big fight over some other stupid thing. <laughs> I could see that happening too. Um, Megan could probably tell us some stories about that being dealing with community boards and city councils. Yeah. Her, uh, <laughs> I always, 
I keep asking her, like telling her like how I imagine things. Like I sent her a video of Groucho Marx singing his song, whatever it is, I'm against it. <laughs> I was like, I imagine some people on your community board being kind of like Groucho Marx's in this. Uh, that was a show title too. Whatever it is, I'm against it. Whatever it is, I'm against it. Yeah, it did. did uh, uh, but another thing that my dad found that was really hilarious was kind of a sub sub Austin Reddit, where people a just sub sub people That's just hot. talk about. Uh, let me see if I can find it. It's basically just people telling weird stories about late night at various twenty four hour Austin coffee shops. Oh. That reminds me of uh, Jim Jarmusch's Cigarettes and Coffee. Yeah. Uh, if my dad's never seen that, Dad, you should watch that movie, uh, Cigarettes and Coffee. Well, watch all of Jim Jarmusch's films first. <laughs> watch that one. Late Night? Wow. Typing Austin Late Night into Reddit. No, there's some things I'm going to have to go back careful. and explore on my own. Care- careful. <laughs> More private time. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, your dad's got to be running across that same stuff. <laughs> uh, what else? I'm glad, just glad to be podcasting, man, to be quite honest. I just want to be clear that I'm still pissed off about a bunch of things. And just because the podcast has cheered me up a bit, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't want it to, I don't want it to get me completely off topic here. Um, have I told you that, uh, my neighbor is moving, uh, some people into her backyard to live in an Airstream back there? Oh, wow. How does that make you feel? Um, uh, lots of ways. Yeah. <laughs> I have lots of feelings about that. Seems that's, like something an old man could yell about. Yeah. That's <laughs> kind of been, that's kind of been on my mind. Um, there's no privacy fence. Yeah. It's just a chain link. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now some people are going to be just living right there. Uh, you know, my house is not fancy. Yeah. Um, it's full of love. It's well lived in. And it's positioned in, in the city in a way that feels really private. Mm-hmm. Because there's the train back there. Yeah. And, you know. and uh, I don't know. I can't help but think that some pe- that a couple living in an RV... <laughs> my neighbor's backyard is not going to impact that privacy at all, but I don't know. I bet you never even see him. Okay. Okay. You and my wife and my neighbors, <laughs> Tad and Amy, and, and they, they, everybody's got a good attitude about this with me, essentially. <laughs> essentially. And, uh, I don't know. I guess I'm really coming into my own. It's just a grumpy old white NIMBY guy. Um, but I mean, literally, not in my backyard. I don't really, I don't particularly want. I don't think anybody should be living in an RV. First thing, it's not really a permanently habitable situation. My mom and stepdad tried that for a while. They tried to live in an RV on my grandmother's property, you know, and for various reasons, it just it's sort of untenable. But I know that housing is difficult. Depends on your relationship with that person. <laughs> Yeah, really into know. each other, then maybe. So there's that thing. So there's the there's the weather, the airstream, uh, some my kids that I love so much, but I, but here in the summer I'm spending like a lot of time with them. Get a little extra. I got a, and man, I love them, and I know I need to just be soaking up these days, but 
they are precocious and sometimes I just need them to shut the hell up. <laughs> Guys, if you're listening to this many years later, I love you so much, but <laughs> you got to take a break. I'll still, I tell you, both of you, you got to just take a break of talking. Um, but, you know, what are they going to do? Start a podcast? I have, I have several regulars at my bar who I feel about the way you feel about your kids. Yeah. yeah. You're like, I'm glad you're here. Love them. You know, they're my life my wouldn't alive. be complete without you. They just need to say like one third as many sentences so as they shut say. Shut the fuck up. God. <laughs> um, what else was it? Wait, I've got a, I've got a, a, a list here. I mean, I made some notes too, but it's your full list. Feel like letting it. Let oh it, yeah, the grind. Just you know, no, actually, work, work spray, is going great. I'm doing. I don't know. Every, everything's great. Just sometimes I get a little down, but I'm glad I can podcast about it. I hear you, but okay. So here, <laughs> I have a, I have a note here. One of my notes for the podcast just says, "My love language is bail money." No, <laughs> oh, interesting. I don't know. Shoot, maybe I should <laughs> refer to my phone. <laughs> must have some ridiculous notes too. Um, do, can, can you? Illuminate? Can you illuminate a little bit about that? Love your love language is, is bail money. Oh yeah. Oh I, I, I oh boy, I'm glad I oh boy. Funny funny note I made for yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, oh ah boy. I'm glad you got me back to my notes here because I got another topic. I got a couple of political topics. Oh dear. If you're pissed off in this country, come sit next to me. <laughs> so here's a story that I, I, I put this in my notes while we were at the beach. You got Greg Abbott. You've heard of him, right? A-hole? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. bussing migrants. He's been doing it for a while. Oh, yeah. This is... But, the, but the, the, he's, he's turned his attention to L.A. And that, that first, this is like two or three weeks ago, that first bus that showed up in L.A., Makes me feel like what a country. How lucky are these migrants that mm-hmm. that they get to like Reynosa or or Brownsville or wherever on the border, and then they get a little ways in Texas and they get bus to L.A. Yeah. Like that's the American dream. A lot of a lot of, lot of young young folks from the Midwest of America spend their whole lives trying, trying to, get to get to LA. L.A. And these <laughs> these gorgeous humans. No human is illegal. Come to this country, escaping conditions that probably our foreign policy created in their country. And um, Greg Abbott takes them from the Valley of Texas, which, sorry, folks from the Valley. It's, that's tough times. <laughs> to, I bet your family's from the Valley. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is hot and It's hot and dry. And yeah. maybe not a ton of, uh, of opportunity. And then you you're in LA and there's charities helping you and like it you get no. set up. I, I man I had a I had a Cuban uh, 
Uber driver the other night that I gave him my card and I asked him, I said, you know anybody who does carpentry? He's like, I know carpentry. And he was a great guy, very enthusiastic. Look, I, listen, people just want to live. They're trying to come to this country. Whatever. I don't want to get too, I, I just thought that was interesting that Greg Abbott was upgrading. Yeah, these migrants experience in this country. Thank you, Greg Abbott. And they're listen; those guys are well. Everybody's welcome in Texas too, as far as I'm concerned. They don't. Yeah. You don't have to go to L.A. Yeah, but if I'm coming up from Guatemala and I'm in Laredo, and somebody puts me on a bus to L.A., I'm like, Dios mio, que, que buena suerte. If you're coming from Guatemala, give me a call. Like my favorite. But the mongoose, my favorite employees were all from Guatemala. Listen, there's jobs here. Everybody come here. A fun bunch. I got to learn the Mayan language. But listen, while we're talking about a-hole governors, can I just for a second get very pissed off again? (laughs) Have you heard about have you heard about this? Ron DeSantis and this this guide, this Florida guide of curriculum, where it is suggested that slaves benefited from slavery because it taught them skills like blacksmithing and carpentry. Oh, Jesus, no. It's it's insane. This is all just in the news today. I, mm-hmm. I read this article from The Nation about it. and uh, I didn't need any further grief that DeSantis was a shitbag. But... I mean, this one takes the cake for me. That is... Uh, slavery was be- it was beneficial to these that was people. a new way to be shitty i mean what it, the the nation brought up that they're they've they this um this argument's been trotted out before that's not new you know that oh well we, we helped these people we upgraded their lives no you fucking didn't they, they had skills they, it also that the article also goes into this whole thing about well you would go to Africa and West Africa and find people who already had skills that could help you in the plantation. You're not teaching people skills. You're just owning them and, and owning their labor and trading them and selling them. And it's fucked up and we should all be ashamed about it. And every child in public school in America needs to hear about that with, with uh, unfiltered. I mean, just, just say the facts. You don't have, there's no need to put a spin on any of that. You just say, like, pretty much what happened with the whole thing. I know it's complicated. Yeah, why? But, what to, is he but to, to, oh, I mean, I you, know who, to you know who loves to revise get history? Votes, get votes from, Hitler! Get votes from white people. That fascist, autocratic assholes, that's who likes to rewrite history. So, you know, I'm, there's the there's the weather. Uh, there's the grind. There's the kids. There's the airstream. There's Ron DeSantis. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, I, I feel like I've got some beefs. And you know, I don't have any like positive spin I can put on that. You know, that's no. There. Thank you. Well, and I'm um, sorry for getting all shouty in your house. In the in the ivy covered castle. I apologize to the listeners. There's not there, as much ivy. Did the ivy get? Yeah, sorry. the ivy got cut back. Oh, okay. Uh, significantly, which is disappointing. Like, I, I don't know. Both still- me and my landlords really enjoy, really like the way it looked, but it's just it's bad for the building. It's it's still a charming place. It is definitely yeah. Okay, sorry about all that, folks. I still have a glowing peacock. <laughs> it reminds me of when we were starting this podcast, and your sister was like, 
don't talk about the news because that sucks. That's <laughs> yeah. nobody wants to hear about that. Yeah, she's not wrong. She was right. Hi, Grace. I'm sure she hasn't listened. My sister admitted that she's like, oh, I'm not really caught up. I'm like, it's okay. Um. So we got a widow with us. You know, sometimes I feel like this is a problematic uh, acronym here. Is this right? What, what does it mean? Why do we say it? What does it mean and why do we say it? I, my trouble with it is that I always, I always get it in the wrong order. <laughs> what does it mean? Why do we say it? Widom with us. Got it. <clears throat> do you remember this one? Yeah, it came from, this came from Dr. Hall. Oh, okay. Does that mean anything to you? That it came from Dr. Hall? No. Yes. No, the phrase, oh, seeing the elephant. Uh, no, no. I feel like I'm going to learn something. I'm learning on my podcast again. The phrase, seeing the elephant, is an Americanism which refers to gaining experience of the world at a significant cost. It was a popular expression in the mid to late 19th century. During the 20th century, the phrase faded from popularity, but when historians started taking note of its recurrence in historical newspapers, they often summed up the elephant too quickly and categorized it as a negative experience. Desolation and sadness may have been one trait of seeing the elephant, but it's certainly not the only or even the most prevalent. More often American. So... As early as 1590, English used the idiom to see the lions, which is likely the ancestor to seeing the elephant. This referred to the Tower of London, thought to have been one of the world's oldest zoos. The monarchs kept the menagerie of animals inside the tower, including several types of cats. Travelers and visitors were hopeful for a glimpse of the animals, especially the lion, which was a living emblem of the king. In comparison to the American elephant seen by Easterners or city people in the country, the English lion was seen by country peasants in the city. So it's it's putting a lot of effort into a kind of one-time experience, I think. Kind of like the podcast. <laughs> Turned I Saw the Elephant into a famous claim of worldly experience. So if you've seen the elephant, that means you've traveled and you've seen things. I mean, that makes sense. Because wouldn't you have to go to like Africa or India? I've seen the elephant. Yeah. I'm going to start telling uh, Gen Zers that. I've seen the elephant. You no good, millennial. A Washington City newspaper article in 1848 mistakenly gives an alternate origin for seeing the elephant. The article entitled Sealing of the Elephant says the phrase came from a Philadelphia theater a few years earlier. A play in their theater was putting on and was in need uh, of an elephant, but the few circulating circus elephants were not available. So they made a makeshift elephant and put a man inside to control the few movements the animal had to make. The audience loved it and were extremely, extremely responsive. Unfortunately, the man they had put inside was fond of his spirits. And one night he became so drunk, he walked in the elephant off stage 
into the music pit, the audience left laughing and joking. Have you seen the elephant? Oh, well, that is what a funny misnomer. <laughs> that is that guy. That guy was drunk. That reminds, course, me, that reminds me a little bit of the podcast too. Of course, seeing elephants is is also <laughs> a kind of a joke about what happens to drunks, you know, in delirium tremens. Oh, you know, the pink elephant is a beast of bourbon. Is that uh, as portrayed in the movie Dumbo? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't Dumbo get drunk and? Brothel and saloon elephants. The ambiguity of the colloquial phrase seeing the elephant is likely what led to it being used as a euphemism or slang for Western saloons and brothels throughout the end of the 19th century. A picture of a red light district in 1890s Colorado has the caption, The Row, Cripple Creek, a part of town where everybody goes to see the elephant. This use of the elephant in regards to brothels it's not the one-time use of the term. Coney Island, New York, also shown size of elephants referring to brothels uh, or the prostitution trade. The Coney Island elephant, built in 1884, was used as brothel after its prime hotel business wore off. So famous was this massive monument elephant hotel that for a generation, seeing the elephant signified a quest for satisfactions in disreputable quarters. This reminds me of... Ooh, I like satisfactions in <laughs> disreputable quarters. That's like my hobby. There was a bar. Do you know... Do you remember when you were a kid and you would drive through the city and you would see things and kind of maybe you knew better than to ask about them? I remember going to elementary school in San Antonio. We would drive by a place called... I think it was called the Glass Onion. It was a just brick box of a bar on a corner and had a sign out front and they would change the words in the sign every now and then. And I remember driving by once and the sign said, a pink elephant is a beast of bourbon. Like oh. a play on words, like not beast on burden, beast on beast of bourbon. And I like, I kind of knew just enough to understand that joke and be, I was utterly fascinated by it. And that phrase has stayed with me. And I still sometimes will just stay out of nowhere. A pink elephant is a beast of bourbon. <laughs> it's funny what you remember as a kid. Some people understand it. Some people don't. Was I thinking about Fantasia? I think you were, yeah. Yes. The I dancing pink elephants, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> what else? Time for a poem? Maybe, yeah. Oh, there is one more thing on the show sheet. It says, use for AI dash bananas. Did we not talk about this already? I uh, I thought of a possible use for artificial intelligence. <laughs> no, we haven't talked about this. I, as a single man, I you know I do a shopping, grocery shopping is sometimes complicated. Yeah, I like to have one banana every morning. Get your potassium going. Yeah, keep cramps away. Yeah, all, all that stuff, but. Bananas, as you know, you know, come, you say if you go to the grocery store every five days, you might get a bunch of six bananas. They might be yellow, so they're not ready to eat. Then you got to wait a day, and then hopefully you have some bananas left before. I, and I have, you really got to, I have about a dozen bananas in my freezer 
to make banana bread out of. I'm not serious, but I'm never going to do that. Yeah. And <laughs> but that's what you're supposed to do with old you can bananas. Use it for smoothies too, right? Old one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Interesting smoothies. There yeah, you go. Yeah, that's you can a, get them out, and you can cut the rind off, and you can use them for smoothies. Interesting. That helps. Okay. Yeah. All right. We we've got this banana problem in our house too. Like I Amy likes to have bananas, and they the kids and Amy they do smoothies all the time. But still, we end up with black bananas that are just melting in the bin, and I'm like, ugh, that's. And they draw flies. And then, so but fast. then sometimes Amy was like collecting them in the freezer to where like it's too many. Yeah. And then there was one point where and just a couple bananas like, in the freezer. The, fr- the garage freezer wasn't cold enough and they were like sort of sort of <laughs> sapping down the garage fridge smelled like <laughs> banana sap for a bit <laughs> so let's put ai to work calculate exactly the time to buy exactly how many bananas at all times i mean for every i household. think as a well this is gonna be the predecessor to letting ai redistribute what money is having ai distribute bananas i think when you're single ideally you gotta hit the market every three days. I think you're right. Yeah, I think that yeah. five days is too many. I mean, but I don't like to do it every. Three well, days. but here's a, here's another thing: is that like you gotta like build your list that triages. Like, there's things on your list that you are gonna consume in the first and second and third day, and then you gotta plan some other things that are less perishable for those latter days. There's, a, there, I mean. I know it's tough with it's tough with bananas, obviously, but there's got to be some like you should get bananas for three days mm-hmm. and then get a hard ass avocado for day four and five. Get two hard ass avocados for four and five, and then on four is it going to be good, and then on five one of them is going to be a little mingy, but you're going to eat it anyway. <laughs> I know what the title of this show is going to be. <laughs> Two hard ass avocados. <laughs> Ishtar got zero avocados, it's like literally. For not for me, I guess. no, not for me. But, but in, in the public eye and and the critics and everything, they just skewered that movie. They gave it one avocado uh, out of eight, which translates to like. 1.7 out of 10. I don't, I don't know. I can't. I don't do math. I do a podcast. All right. Let's do a poem. Let's do one an eight hard, long poem. One hard ass avocado. Sometimes when I'm trying to lend credence to the podcast, somebody says, what's your podcast about? And I give them, you know, my elevator pitch, which is convoluted but people do seem to gravitate towards the the, it's a poetry podcast that sounds totally legit in a way that almost every other podcast topic in the world is not right and then i then i give a little i drop some names and we have an interview on the podcast at least two once. And then people are like, oh, we do a podcast. 
you make podcasts, do you? Okay. From her book, Sharks in the Rivers, here is Crush by Ada Lamone. Maybe my limbs are made mostly for decoration, the way I feel about persimmons. You can't really eat them, or you wouldn't want to. If you grab the soft skin with your fist, it somehow feels funny, like you've been here before, and uncomfortable too, like you'd rather squish it between your teeth impatiently before spitting the soft parts back up to linger on the tongue like burnt sugar or guilt. For starters, it was all an accident. You cut the right branch, and a sort of light woke up underneath, and the inedible fruit grew dark and needy. Think crucial hanging. Think crayon orange. There is one low, leaning, heart-shaped globe left, and dearest, can you tell I am trying to love you less? Damn. Well, that, there's something I'm not grumpy about. I'm trying to love you more, Matthew. I'm trying to not see you like a persimmon. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever bit into a persimmon? Never have. Oh, my God. Like, I, I did this as a kid. My, my stepdad, his parents, had a persimmon tree. And I went out there one time and I grabbed one. And and I washed it and I just bit into it wholeheartedly. And it's like it desiccates your mouth. Is it anything like a scuppernong? I don't know. What's I don't know. That? I don't know. My grandfather once told me that his great uncles, so my great great uncle, great 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 uncles, were famous for their scuppernong wine. Um. <laughs> Somebody, I've never heard of that. What apparently, they were kind of knuckleheads. They were backwoods, you know. I think this was in Carolina or something. This is an old, old family. Okay. Uh, and they were they were not the sharpest tax because somebody told them they they told them they had to get the government stamp, you know, pay tax, otherwise, you know, their wine was illegal. Yeah. And so they just apparently they just went and got posted stamps and stuck them on there. Wow. <laughs> and he like. Uh, we got the government stamps <laughs> to put on their scuppernong moonshine. But is that is that an actual fruit? A scuppernong? Yeah, a scuppernong. Oh, okay. I, mean, I think actually a you scuppernong. Think it's related to a persimmon? A scuppernong, I think it's like a wild kind of grape. Okay. Actually. What is a persimmon? A persimmon is, looks like a pear or an apple. Oh, okay. But it, it's that big? But it, it is like. You can do things to it and and make it sweet, but when it is raw, it is the most bitter, <laughs> awful, horrible. Take it, I mean, literally, it it draws all of the moisture out of your mouth. It's horrible to just bite into a persimmon. M maybe this was the West Texas type. I don't know. Maybe there are sweeter ones, but it it is a detestable fruit. I love this. She wrote a. And she used that as imagery in a phone. Like I'm, I'm over here like, like rating Ada's poem or something. <laughs> anyway, um, that is it. I'm feeling better. Thank you. It's a little cathartic to just tell the podcast what you're pissed off about. Get at us if you want to make me feel better about any of my gripings, or tell me I'm a dumbass. Thank you. 
to all the old listeners, welcome to all the new listeners. I feel like I used a lot of profanity in this one. Rate us on, rate us on Apple Podcasts or rate, wherever you find your podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends. Get at us. Follow us on Instagram, One Magical Hour. Check out our Discord. One Magical <laughs> I've Hour. never seen the Discord, but the, the Discord the is in- still just Nicholas The Instagram <laughs> is very fluffy. So I don't. Know. Anyway, we love you. I think we're going to go back to the original. <laughs> the poorer the choices. The better the whaling. <laughs> <laughs>